Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Once again, I'm Bradley and he's pretty light into the week. Miserable as usual, the UK and everything and it's dark, dank, miserable. So we want to bring you some joy and he brings joy to me every single day. It's Stu. How you doing, Stu? Oh, I feel a lot better now. <laughs> That's a nice intro. Yeah, no, it's not been a bad week. Uh, I went into the office yesterday, which means going down to London, which is always fun on the train. Uh, so I'm completely knackered out, but obviously raring to go to talk about games because they are the light of, of my life. Nothing to do your wife. No, not at all. None of that. The games. Who? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, my wife. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a strange old week. It's half term, and we kind of got rid of Edith for a little bit, but then we ended up making an impromptu trip to go and watch Liverpool Women away, which was fun as always, and became life changing, uh, which I'll talk about in a future episode. Can't be asked at the moment. I'm just really, really tired. Um, but do you know what's not tired, Stu? What's not tired? Video games, Stu. Oh. I forgot that was called for a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, if you, if you look deep and you look beyond AAA, they don't get tired. It's only tiring with the AAA crap that's about. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I barely play them. I play indies. I don't know where I'm going with this. This is the worst intro I've done for months. You can tell I'm tired. <laughs> Peerless. So, really on your game, just like me. Yeah. Put me, put me out of my misery, Joe. Tell me, tell me something you've been playing. I can do that. I can do that. So uh, with it being Spooktober... October. It's, it's October. It's October, but it's Halloween. Mm. So as it's Halloween time, <laughs> I've been playing... Well, going back a little bit, I, I watch a lot of Twitch streamers, but I tend to like see their YouTube stuff because I'm too yeah. kind of... I'm too old to be like, oh, I can watching just... live. Yeah, sit there for seven hours watching a live feed. So. I don't know. Yeah, these, these young kids today watching their live stuff well you know back in the day we used to just watch it on demand i know. don't know what they're on about all oh, this newfangled watching live crazy isn't it so uh i don't do it uh generally and yeah i kind of i was watching one of my favorites called bok for soup which is a pun on like chickens it doesn't matter he uh <laughs> I, I found him through uh games done quick he often does speed runs of resident evil and I watch a lot of his Resident Evil stuff, which is always good. And yeah, with it being this time of year, there's loads of Resident Evil playthroughs. And I decided to have a go of Resident Evil The Prison, which is a a total conversion for the PlayStation of uh, Resident Evil Survivor, which is one of the crappier games. It was based around using the, the Gun Con 2 to move around your character and stuff. It was rubbish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and it's a total conversion using i think that engine which is a modified version of the resident evil 2 engine and nobody cares um but it plays uh it plays on the original hardware so yeah burned it to disc dug out my ps1 which is the lovely little one with the i've got the lcd screen i've had it for about 20 years and um stuck it on there burned it to a disc stuck it on there and I'm really liking it. I mean, it's not for people who don't like the Resident Evil tank controls, but I love them. And the reason I love them is because it's all about... Like, the reason why the games lend themselves to speedruns so well, particularly the old games, is because it's all about, like, ammo conservation when you're going back and forth. And you have to mm. go back and forth to solve puzzles and to get items. So you've got a limited inventory space you play Tetris with, try and fit everything in. 
you've got you know the the chests where you store your stuff and the save rooms and all that and you've got these corridors that you've got to run back and forth and you can't like kill everything because you won't have enough ammo so it's kind of like working out when to conserve and when it's better to kill stuff and trying to get good at the controls which are deliberately difficult so that you can't just escape everything dead easily and that's all part of the charm and part of the fun and this one this prison conversion is yeah it's just it's set inside a prison there's loads of zombies there aren't as many there's very few like bioweapon monsters because it's set yeah well, obviously set in a prison uh but there's loads of zombies and limited ammo and it's only short but for an extension of playing Resident Evil, it's it's more like you know one point five, so it's kind of feels midway between the first game and the second one. Not massively sophisticated, even by the classic game terms, but yeah, really good fun, completely free. It was developed, well, yeah, it's modded by a guy called I hope I get his name right is Aiden Williams. Uh, he does loads of these kind of mods. I'll make sure that he's tagged in the notes. I, right, I don't know. I don't know what name I was expecting you to say when you went. I hope I get this right, and you went Aidan Williams. I was expecting something like Finnish or something like that <laughs> with a really awkward last name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope I say this right. Dave Smith. <laughs> it's just I can't remember <laughs> if it's like Ajan or. Or it's Williams. It was, I'm not entirely sure. I know, and I know where you was going. It was just one of those where yeah. I was half expecting you to try and butcher a Finnish name or or an Arabic name or something. You just went Ada Williams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you say, Dave Smith, Dave Smythe, is it? Or Dave Smythe? Yeah, no. So yeah, <laughs> David doesn't sound French. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, oh, yeah, I'll make God. sure that his stuff is linked. Stu from the future here. Ooh. I know you love it when I do these. Yeah, it was just to say that it's Aidan Watkins, not Williams. So my concerns about screwing up the poor guy's name were entirely justified. Uh, so apologies for that, Aidan, or Ajan, or Williams, or whatever your name is. Anyway, here's the show. Uh, but yeah, no, really good. Very on in mod terms, absolutely fantastic because it's better than. It's, it works better than Survivor, which was the actual full release. So yeah, great stuff. Big thumbs up to the modder for that. Yeah, it's, I mean the Resident Evil games. Actually, you you mentioned them, but we'll probably come on to a little bit about spooky games um, in a bit and my issues with them. Uh, but like the original Resident Evils one and two and three to a degree, always stand the test of time for me because. The tank controls are part and parcel of what give those a sense of dread because you can't just run. You can't just run anywhere or hide anywhere. You are limited by the game's limitations. And that ups the tension factor more than I think a, like, a modern game like Outlast or even Resident Evil 7 does. Um, there's something about those tank controls that do add a sense of fear to them. Um, yeah. And I, I'm all for that. And that's, I still love that graphical style. I don't care. It, it looks like... It does now look like some kind of dodgy like Minecraft mod or something <laughs> like that from a certain angle, uh, which is great. I, I, there's something about that blockiness that just worked. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like it, yeah. I really like that visual style as well. And even if you don't have the pre-rendered backgrounds, just locking off the backgrounds so that... You know, you've got static camera angles. It's it's like a horror film. Also, mm. you haven't got perfect vision. 
Um, you, you can pick whether the camera's like placed at ground level or really high up in a corner. Uh, you can have zombies hidden around corners and stuff. It's it's really great. It, it's a really good way of of raising tension that isn't just a cheap jump scare oh, or anything. Hundred percent. I mean, still one of the most iconic moments for me that ended, like really stood out and said, "Oh my god, this is going to be the future of video games." Bizarrely, was that first time you run through the alleyway in the original Silent Hill, and you've got that fixed point camera, but moves ever so slightly as you go, and it just adds yeah. something to that movement for a, like a very small alleyway. And yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, it's like a horror movie." Yeah, um, yeah. And you don't get that now in first person and stuff like that because it's all too smooth and tries to be claustrophobic, but it doesn't quite manage it. We'll come to that later. But yeah, no, uh, Resi mods are, yeah, there's some really good ones out there that I've seen played. Um, I can't remember yeah. the names of any of them because it's me, but I've seen a few good mods that have been played and stuff like that over the years. So I might dig some of those out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And I agree with you on, on the camera angle stuff. You know, it's got a place you know there is a place for it there there are more games that should probably be made with that kind of restriction um shouldn't take over the world but it should be available um yeah 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 so it's just really good yeah just really been enjoying that that's good stuff no excellent oh uh, yeah I'm, I'm, yeah I'm not, I'm not into spooky games they don't scare me but we'll come we'll come to that we'll come to that a bit in a little bit um so I've been playing something that's completely not a spooky game at any way, shape or form. Um, I've been playing, uh, I've played, been playing catch up really because I've had a few games that were sent to me that I never got around to actually playing properly and I am now. The first one of them is Sunday Gold um, from Team 17 and it's basically, it's a point and click RPG type affair. Um, the only, I could kind of put it, it's like almost like Disco Elysium on a budget. Okay. Um, which is it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I've I, you know I've sort of enjoyed it. Uh, need some accessibility options. That I'll just get out. You know, lots of small text, uh, which is a shame. Um, but you know, it's that's about the only thing wrong with it. You know, gameplay wise, it's traditional point and click stuff. It's got emerging story. Um, there's like a lot of sort of like development of characters that goes on as, as you go through inventory management or all, all that gummies that you get with every point and click and it's puzzle based uh, and it just works really really well uh, but the idea is uh, but i think story is always important for this so i'm not going to try and like spoil or anything but it's kind of set in this future london i think it's meant to be we all speak with a bit of a dodgy cockney accent so i'm guessing it's future london um, and you, you're one of three, like you play this this group of three different criminals who are like in the underworld, um, and they're trying to expose this like mega corporation for what they are, um, and uh, like try and like expose this billionaire. And Google's on one again, um, and it's just yeah, it's just really good point and click, a really decent story that's going through here. I, you know, I think the gameplay's okay. Um, it does what it needs to do. Um, I think we spoke about in the past stuff like Lacuna and games like that that do really good in terms of allowing you to just go, look, this is everything you can click in the level by pressing this button. We'll highlight it. There's none of that there, which is a shame. Yeah, um, yeah. But the story for me is dragging it through uh there's a turn-based battle system that works really well um that you know you feel quite pleased when you get through it presentation wise it's really good really stylish um 
I would say it's somewhere between uh, Chinatown Detective Agency and Disco Elysium in terms of what it's trying to be, um, but veering more towards the Disco Elysium side of things. So, yeah, really, really, really good. Um, I'm about maybe it's probably about four or five hours into it so far, and yeah, I'm totally, totally intrigued. Just a shame it needs some accessibility options. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, that is a, a bit of a miss, really. Uh, they're fairly, I would imagine, fairly easy to code in, particularly like you say about highlighting what you need to click on to progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been done. We've seen how that should be handled. Text size. Just like, if you want to keep your menus as they are, because it's important to the game, that's fine. But they just have it like, do you want an option that, you know, we could actually show you a, a full screen overlay of a, you know, of a menu item or some like text? Uh, subtitle the text box in, in bigger text or just something it needs something for a lot of these games you want me to be invested uh, but when i get frustrated you lose my like i'm not as invested uh, yeah. I, I dare say if this had all the proper accessibility options and wasn't hurting me to play i probably would have finished it in a few sittings whereas now i kind of drag it out like just you know a lot of it i played through some extra because i wanted to do it for the podcast i want to play it but I don't know whether it's going to keep me going back in at the state it's in. But it's just a shame because it's a fantastic game that I think, you know, in terms of gameplay and everything and story, it deserves a lot of recognition. But I couldn't recommend this is played on the Steam Deck for one. And if people do have visual impairments, it's, it's almost a no-go, which is a shame. Yeah, the text size thing completely baffles me. I don't really understand why... Uh... You know, you can't just opt to have it to be 75% of the size of the screen if you want, you know, right down to 0.5 of a percent. Surely it should be in the hands of the user to to decide that these days. Yeah. You know, it takes up a few, just a few kilobytes of RAM to have those, those options in. So, yeah, disappointing. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't want to say it's lazy. I, I, don't, I would never accuse a developer of doing that. But it's an oversight that nowadays should not be an oversight. Definitely, I agree. But yeah, apart from that, if you are into point and click, it's definitely one to add to the list. Um, and we'll do this as we've been starting to do this now. 18, just short of 18 quid. Um, and yeah, I think, again, if you're able-bodied enough and you don't have visual issues like I do, are you going to play it on the PC? Oh, this is a bargain. Uh, but I said it's just that it comes with a caveat warning for people with with uh, uh, visual disabilities. Yeah, no, completely understood. Yeah. So, moving on from one scary game when it comes to accessibility. Have I leaked this well, or are you going to just make me look like an idiot? Ghost you. Yeah, probably. Well, I, I normally make you look like an idiot inadvertently anyway, for which I constantly yeah. have to apologise. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, what I've been playing, apart from that, and only briefly, was a game called uh, Black Future 88, which... Yes. All right, I've you've heard of this. that one. Cool. No, I haven't played it. I've heard of it, yes. Yeah, it's on yeah. My, I think I've got it on Steam. Nice. So, yeah, nothing to do with, you know, African-American people at all, although it sounds like it, um, or Fear of a Black Planet. It's nothing to do <laughs> so, with that. It sounds like a right wins agenda's like worst nightmare it does yeah which would be great you know but yeah, yeah no it just means like you know dark future it seems to be kind of sort of cyberpunky set in a 
post-nuclear society that's also a little bit retro. Blah, 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 blah. All the same stuff that's being done in every single game currently. It's a little bit Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Everything's doing the same with that in the indie space. <laughs> yeah. If they're not like trying to look like a Souls game, they're trying to look like Cyberpunk. So... Actually, I was just looking at the trailer. It looks like someone watched some Blade Runner followed swiftly by watching some um, Akira. I went, oh, that'll make a good game. Exactly. So, yeah, everything is in that style these days. It's just, yeah, but fair enough. If people want to do it, they want to do it. So it's, gameplay-wise, it's really strange because it's like Returnal, not strange in and of itself, although it's in Mm -hmm. 2D, but... It came out two years before Returnal, so you could say Returnal stole all of its ideas. Although that is completely wrong. I'm just being licentious. Not licentious. I can't remember what the word is. You see? Tired. But You're just trying to be controversial for the, uh, for the, for the yeah. listens. That's it. That's it. Trying to increase the listenership. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you kind of you, you run around. You've got 15 minutes to comply. Well, not comply, but before you die, which rhymes. And that was not intentional. Uh, but, I really am overtired. Um, but yeah, you kind of run around the levels and you shoot stuff and you hit stuff. You can choose between characters. You've got different weapons. You can pick up weapons as you go along. And it's normally split between a ranged and a melee. And yeah, you've got like a dash button, extremely similar to Returnal, that grants a few iframes so you can't get killed while you're doing it. There are lots of enemies. They normally have a lot of health. They're quite tanky. So you have to be very alert and very... You use your jump and your dash very, very well. Um, so it does absolutely nothing new, really, but it looks very pretty. It handles very well. And I got it for like a quid on Steam. So, yeah, so far, uh, really big thumbs up. Yeah, it looks interesting. I remember sort of picking it up probably in a bundle or, or just, again, really cheap on like Fanatical or something like that. Um, and I've just not got round to playing it, but I'm now watching the trailer and I'm kind of like, oh, I do actually, yeah, fancy giving this one a go. It uh, definitely looks interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, it's very, very fast. It's very small in terms of sprites and, and characters so that it can fit tons of stuff going on on the screen. Um, so that might be a challenge on the deck uh, for people. Um, I played it on deck and, yeah, did find all of the, the stuff a little bit tiny. Um, but, you know, doable. Um but yeah, no, it doesn't really do anything particularly new. It's one of those that is easy to slip through the cracks because it, it's an arcade game of a very particular style that is very common at the moment. But if you're into that kind of thing, it's it's definitely one you should check out at least, especially at low price. I think I, the reason I got it is because I saw it's on sale on Switch for very cheap. Yeah. So if you've got a Switch but you haven't got if you haven't got anything else, go for it on the Switch. It's um, it's got a little bit dead cells about it by the looks of it. A little bit, yeah, a little. Um, bit. Just in terms of the animation style and the lots of colours and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and dead dead cells has that kind of modernised. Uh, oh God, what's it called? <laughs> flashback. That's it. Um, yeah. That modern, yeah, modernised sort of flashback style, and and so was yeah, so was this. It's nice. Could you? Could you imagine if we did decide, like, with the PS1 era, that was the way forward completely and everything had to move to 3D and we never went back to 2D games? Yeah. What we'd be losing out on about now, it's... Yeah, I... I It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny, because I think about that quite a lot, more than a normal human being should, probably. (laughs) 
but about whether oh what if voxels became the only thing that were ever used or what if mega textures were the only thing that ever you know got popularity or what if we only ever stayed with sprites but the size of co- you know of processors and ram kept going up um yeah it's it's an interesting little thought experiment sometimes to think what things would look like yeah, I mean, okay, if you'd have said to me, like, if you'd have said to me back, like, when I was playing a Mega Drive and stuff like that, if you'd have shown me this sort of game of Dead Cells and went, this is the future, I would have still be gone, oh my god, these look amazing, but believed it. Whereas the hyper real graphics we get on some 3D stuff, I still don't quite believe that's something that's real. You know, it's like that, <laughs> you're never going to get to that. But it's also, you put any 2D game in my hands and I can play it. Not well admittedly but i can play it whereas a lot of 3d games they don't have a what i would say a typical control system they don't you know they don't always all agree on what the main buttons should be um for moving and looking and stuff like that i know most will use the right stick and left stick naturally with each other but then you get some will use triggers for actions others will use a for actions and it's just like it's just there's no cohesion so you've got to say like sometime working out how to play these whereas you pick up one of these i know i'll just i'll just go left a's bound to be jump if it's got a jump mechanic and then yeah. right okay i've got this now what can i do and build up on it and oh it's just so playable and it makes me want to see like a sonic or a mario in these styles as well i want to see him like push out the boat so they go 3d go uh go retro future yeah it would look amazing uh, yeah that's been proved i think with sonic mania that people really love it you know they really love that style and it never goes out of it's it's timeless it's, you know it never go it never gets dated um, but yeah, to the control thing, funnily enough, I was thinking about, well, not really controls, but I was thinking about the way that things have changed and like our perception of of how accessible things are and the buttons and all that. Because just the other day, like I, I stuck on R4 Ridge Racer Type 4, you know, and um, such an amazing game. But I can remember at the time, back in like 1999 or whatever it was, thinking... Oh, oh god like you go you have to go into a menu and pick a car and pick a manufacturer and then there's some text that comes up from the the the, the driving manager and then you get to play oh god you know this is oh where's the you know where's the getting into the race and i came back to it the other day i was like this takes a minute <laughs> it's like it's nothing <laughs> and i like thought of it as this great big deal back at you know 20 odd years ago and now you'll spend that time going through the menu of an action game to start an action game. Yeah. And every single racing game will take you at least five minutes to get from power on to, you know, you, you, know, you have to pick pick so many things. They give you this walkthrough that you've seen a million times and you don't need. Choose whether to do a Grand Prix, choose your setup. You know, are you going to do story mode or are you going to do pure racing? And... Yeah, just looking back, it, it just throws into light how quick and immediate all that stuff was. And like, yeah, it's a driving game. There's, there's the option for several more buttons, but really it's still just accelerate and brake. And sometimes, I'm not saying that all games should be basic, but there should always be basically controlled games so that you can just choose them and, and go yeah. straight at them. And again, this is where I think like the Steam Deck is set in the future of uh, what video games will be. Because if the next Xbox controller for whatever their new system is comes out and it doesn't have four back paddles built into the controller, I'll be very, very shocked. Yeah. 
and touch pads and uh, like essentially steam controllers because one of the things i found is accessibility with the, with the steam deck uh, like custom controls it's like i like one example is a is a, a emulated game and another example i'll give quickly is like a modern game so one of the things i can't get my head around going back to old racing games is using like a to accelerate rather than yeah. the triggers to accelerate yeah. now playing an old msr and stuff like that you need to use like the uh a and i was like i can't do that so you just immediately go into like the overall system override set it's a remap a to be on the trigger yeah on the right trigger and then x i think was break or b whatever was break onto the left trigger and you've not okay it's not analog analog but you've all of a sudden got analog controls and it's done it's set that's it you haven't got to worry about it you haven't even got to remap anything in the game uh, which is brilliant um, and you can't do that um, with an actual Dreamcast controller on original hardware you can't actually remap those controls so for me it actually makes it a better experience to emulate that game than to play it on the original hardware because we've got so used to playing racing games in a certain way um, even arcade ones and the other one I went right this is change how I play these sorts of games is I've got Tiger, uh, not Tiger Woods, uh, PGA two K twenty three. Yeah. Um, and the issue I had was I couldn't see the free click meter properly because it was like a like a yellow line that then grows out as a circle and then you added it on the white line and it's too small. Um, and I couldn't do it, couldn't see it. And I, I did. I I put in a sort of bit of feedback to the developers, like this is. Can you do it so we can at least increase the size? Um, and someone came back and went, well, actually, what you can do, um, if you set the left touchpad to touch, and that toggles on magnification, and you use the right touchpad as mouse controls, you can basically touch on just once, adjust the right mouse pad to say whenever you zoom in, zoom into this section of the screen. And then whenever you're ready to take a shot, you basically touch on to zoom right into the um, into the uh, the free click meter, do your actions, and then just basically tap it again, and you're out into the full screen view to watch your ball go wherever it's got yeah. to go. And it's changed the way I play that golf game or anything, you know, stuff like that. I could, if I don't need the touchpads for anything in game, I see it's now just become my default turn on magnification. Yeah. Um, I haven't got to use the Steam button to do it because as good as that is, that's awkward. But I just, now anything where I can use it, it's like my, my magnification is on the left. Uh, moving the the, uh, the magnification screen around is on the right touchpad. Away we go. And it's just changed everything for me, uh, which I can't do on any other console. Um, but I've got a feeling, hopefully that's something we'll do. And one thing I'd like to see Valve adjust with that magnification is... Can you actually allow me different levels of magnification? So using the, the left the left pad, could I set it so I have four different regions and I have a a one point five times zoom, a two times zoom, a three times zoom, and a four times zoom, so that I can make the adjustments for what I want uh, based on what region I touch. Yeah. Um, or even can I have that, that it's a sliding scale so I touch and press up and it zooms in I touch and I pull back and it zooms out or I touch just do a single tap in the middle and it resets all, all things like that can they now start to improve that magnification tool because that, I think that's what's got to come next yeah. uh, but as I said like this is all stuff I could do on Valve's hardware now that I can't do on anything else I can't do it on anything else um, and it's brilliant for it yeah um, 
And I think we are looking again, we are looking into the future of this is what controls are. There was often was what what does controllers become next? Have we perfected them? No, we haven't, but what we're now seeing is what should a controller be? Customization, accessibility, that's what's next. And I think that's with the likes of Valve, I think that's what's coming. Yeah, definitely. And the, there was that breakthrough, I think, you know, a few well, they've been doing it since the uh, the, the era of the, the 360 and the and the PS3, really, but only kind of getting there with the PS5 and Series X is, you know, having a dedicated section of RAM and the OS that is the front end and you can bring it up in-game um, at any or in-menu at any point that you want and fiddle with settings. Um yeah. You know, obviously in the past with consoles, you, once you're in a game, you're in a game, you can't do anything except quit out of the game. Yeah. Now you can make changes on the fly. And it's a bigger deal in the PS5 than it used to be. It's still not as big enough a deal, but it still gives you a little bit more control. But like you're right, um, with, with the Steam Deck, it's that thing of, oh, you want to go in and change what they're doing with this? Yeah, of course you can do that. And it, you're right, yeah. it's the future. I'd- you just put put all the buttons on there <laughs> any buttons that you want but make sure that you've got oh I can remap them or oh I can add, I can make this a zoom function or oh I can yeah. do this I can do that and yeah. absolutely any button could do any other button's yes. job I mean obviously you can't turn A into a joystick that's like physically impossible but you could easily turn A into a joystick click yep um, you know and it's all, it's all stuff like that which is the, the the worst thing that ever was invented, and I get, but it's now brilliant. Was the joystick click for running? Yes. And so whoever invented that needs to slap him. But now with extra buttons and customization, fine. Do you know what? You stick that in your game, and I'll just stick it on the back paddle. Yeah. Um, now I was going to take their dick out of my mouth, but I'm going to leave it in for a little bit longer <laughs> because the other thing Valve have got really, really right with all of this and why it works so well is community options. Yeah. I could go into a game. And eight out of ten times, if someone else has played it or enough people have played it, they've created their own custom controller scheme, which you can download. Yeah. And they make adjustments to that and re-upload it and stuff like that. It's so, it's like, you know, I downloaded one for Dorfromantic um, and I got on with it, but I needed to make a couple of adjustments, did it, and I re-uploaded it. I've done it with uh, Railroot, which a few months back I played on Steam Deck. I was like, this is unplayable. It's so bad to play. And then I downloaded someone else's um, uh, custom config, really liked it, but changed it up a bit. So it's like I made it so the it's on a grid system. So it's like it, there's each grid is like a little square that tells you where you can lay your, your tracks down and stuff like that. So what I did was I had regular mouse control on normal sensitivity sensitivity on my right deep uh, my right trackpad, um, and then I had my right joystick. I set the sensitivity so far down that essentially each press of the joystick acted almost as moving one square in that direction. So it allowed me finer control of where everything cool. was. Yeah. Uh, which again, it's brilliant that I took someone else's and then I've done that and then I re-uploaded that. So someone else could maybe take that and do something better with that because the sensitivity might not be quite right. It's fine for me, it might not be quite right for everyone else. And they could do stuff. And I love the fact that this stuff grows. Uh, the only thing I would like to find out, again, this is, again, something uh, Valve got to do, is allow me to search for certain things or let us vote on, you know, give a score out of 10 or 5 or, you know, upvote more um, control schemes um, or search. You know, I might want to search for magnification 
for example, in a control scheme and they find any that have got magnification options. Yeah. And they get rid of all the rest. That that would be brilliant for me. Um, so these are stuff that's got to be built, but obviously, you know, the Steam Deck is like a baby still. Um, and I don't think enough people got into the Steam Controller for that to be developed. Although all this is based on the Steam Controller itself because it's all stuff that's there. I think there's going to be a lot more put into that moving forward. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, just now let's let's work on improving what's there and getting more community options in. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take it out now before they finish. Good. <laughs> nice, disgusting imagery there. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's interesting because it ties into a lot of stuff we talked about in the past with representation. In that, you know, if you've got a group of people who are working on accessibility options and none of them have any of the disabilities that they're trying to represent then they can be the kindest-hearted and most lovely people in the world, but their progress is going to be slow because they don't have the experience. So that is why it's so important to bring those voices in. And that's what we always say about all media and all about all, you know, racism, sexism, you know, transphobia, absolutely everything, is that your, your company wants to avoid all of that stuff, and they probably are very good and very liberal-thinking people, but because they don't have that inclusion, they're not getting the right voices in place and it takes them a lot longer to get where they should be. So, uh, yeah, it all ties into that as well. As I said, developers are starting to listen. You know, the fact is, whether it happens or not, I don't know. But as I said, uh, the people behind Lego Brick Tales have appreciated what I said about the background colour. Can we have an option that we can manually change that? Yeah. Or set that in a menu? Brilliant. I hope that does come in. Uh, they may choose to ignore it, but the fact they did listen to it is fine. Um, yep. And I fed back. I, I, there's a game coming out um, called A Little to the Left um, that I did feed back to them because some of their levels are just too bright. Uh, they need some contrast options, uh, maybe outlining, or again, allow me to change the palette a little bit to a dark mode. Um, and immediately they came back and said right we have been working on all this um there are definitely some bits coming but we are this we thought we had got this all locked down we are sorry we're gonna have another look at it and see what's what but the levels you mentioned we are aware of and we are looking to do fixes but we are going to look a lot more carefully to it which again is all you ask yeah and this is why community is important and why feedback is important because the developers don't know until you say something they don't know the reason there's no accessibility options in so many games is not enough people talk about it. Not enough people are willing to speak up. All you'll hear is, oh, small text. Well, just, instead of going, oh, small text, what is the issue with small text? What ideas have you got that could fix it? Might not work. Me saying, oh, just allow me to increase the UI size. I get that that could break some UI. Um, so why not then look at, can we do a simplified UI for certain people where... It's off until you click it on and it's just a simple menu. Um, can we go from, like, can we have just a simple uh, menu tree for a lot of items and stuff like that? Um, there's all things we can do that might not work, but let's discuss them at a base level. Let's start discussing them once a game comes out and goes, right, this is what's wrong with this game. This is why certain communities can't access it. We're not saying fix this game, but for your next game, please take that into consideration. But because people just go, oh, have a quick moan and that's it, it's not going to happen because it's gone out their mindset. And all everyone's doing is either praising the game for being a great game for able-bodied people or slagging it off because it's not just a good game. 
rather than discussing what could be causing that. And I will guarantee you now, some accessibility options would improve the base game for everybody as well. There's that level to it as we are. Um, so, again, it's getting better. It is getting better. Um, but I don't want this to be a rain. It's more celebration of that things are improving. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree and disagree with what you just said. <laughs> I, I agree that community should be vocal and should get back to the developers. But I also think it's not really their responsibility in the first place to have these things in place. I think that... Yes, complaint and criticism after the fact is good uh, because it will help them next time. But really, they shouldn't be making these mistakes because if they had the right level of representation in the design process, um, just like you would have to if you were a, another business where you had HR and you had, you know, you were reaching a market and you were doing your desperate best to make sure that you reached as many people as possible, it should be on the it should be the responsibility of the of the, of the publishers to make sure that most of this stuff is in there, to be honest. I totally, totally agree. Um, what, again, the only caveat to that I would say is what's done is done. The past is the past, and we have made those mistakes as a whole. So it's now learning from them. That's what we've got to do. You know, in ideal world, then, yeah, representation uh, across all communities and, and everything would be in there already. Unfortunately, the cold, the cold hard truth is it's not. And it hasn't been. Yeah. So yeah. we just got to make sure we are learning now. That That's the important thing. And I said, that's why I think it's improving. I don't think it's there. Um, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll speak up now. It's one of the reasons I want to start a company that is at a consultancy level on day zero of game development about this is what's needed from all these different types of people. This is what we suggest you put in. This is how you could do it. Can you make X amount of this work? if not all of it. Yeah. And then work with people. Do test it. Even if it's just testing, guy, right, we've got these levels built out as test levels with these accessibility functions. Can you test them and see how you get on? Yeah. Um, don't need to be good at the game. Don't need you to be good at the game. Just can you play it? Is that text easy enough to read? If not, okay, let's, we've increased the size at this level. Does this make it easier? And if we get to a point where I go, right, now I can find that easy to read. And they go, and someone else goes, right, but okay, now that's broken the game. That's broken this aspect of the game. You find that happy medium. You go, right, is that something you can fix in-game and work around? Or do you need to go, right, okay, so what other options have we got? Do we have a speech-to-text or text-to-speech? Do we have, you know, a, a layer that you can put above everything with a press of a button that tells you what that text is? All these different things. Can you do it in-game as the options, or do you need to do something external? And then we gradually bring those in. And I say, I still think Sony are the best for this, but they've got to make sure they're sharing these tools with everyone. That's the next stage. Don't make money. It's not about making money with these tools. It's about making money in the long run because you're a business, and that's what you want to do more people that buy your game the more money you'll make simple as that yeah definitely yeah absolutely Ooh. agree <laughs> right talking of games <laughs> go for it um, my other one i've been playing is both brand new and 10 years old yeah now i've been playing cube or q u b e i don't know what the acronym is by the way no idea i couldn't find any information about it but anyway it's cube <laughs> 10th anniversary and here comes the title of your podcast. From the outset, it might look like Poundland Portal. <laughs> Poundland um, Portal, nice. And it really does. There's lots of like white areas with slightly like coloured accents around it that sort of guide you through, etc., etc. There's a uh, an over sort of bearing AI 
that's with you and it's kind of like you can tell where it's going and this game goes places and you get various different puzzle types that are gradually introduced to you as you go you're kind of not sure what you're doing in there and then it all starts to become a bit clearer etc etc um, and i must admit 10 years ago i literally went i'd rather play portal you know yeah it's, it's it's i've played portal this isn't as good as portal now it's been a long while since we've had a new portal so I've kind of got this list, it's almost fresh. And whilst it is, I said, it pretty much is Poundland Portal. But that's not a bad thing. You know yourself, Stu, right? Sometimes you go to Poundland, you might just want a pack of 10 lighters. That's fine, you'll get those 10 lighters. Better than paying a pound for those than going to pay 15 quid for one from another shop. We know that. It's fine. And this is what this is. It's a, it's, it's a 10 pound, it's a one pound pack of 10 lighters. <laughs> um, it's functional does the job and you know what i'm having a really good time with it um some really good puzzles um that do give you that uh eureka moment at times um it's like i had one fairly early where you had to kind of maneuver a green block onto a blue block to shoot the green block up in the air to then catch it on a red block you also then had to get onto the blue block that shot the green block into the air to then shoot yourself up into the air onto the green block and then make it fall back down to the blue block with you on the green block to then force you further enough up so you can then just jump off the green block to the end of the level. And it's like it, like, it took me ages to work that out. And then the second I did it, I just went, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, that was simple. <laughs> that was really simple. Um, but then there's another one that's like almost creating a marble run where the ball runs down and you just have to make sure the, the level set out so that it runs down this little run that goes into a box at the end and away you go. Um, really, really good. All like really good emerging puzzles in there. Really enjoying it. Um, it's got like an original version where you could just do like all the puzzles. It's got a story-based moment, uh, story-based uh, mode to it as well. It's relatively short. Um, I think based on, you know, Portal, which was a fairly short game in itself, I think it's good that it's kept things relatively short. So you're not really doing the same puzzle time after time after time in slightly different variations. It always feels like it's doing new stuff. And I think there's like eight different major levels in it. Um, over This is with the new version because it has this thing called uh, Sector 8, which is kind of what it builds towards. Um, which I'd imagine is towards its like big GLaDOS style showdown or, or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, overall, it's just a really good puzzle game. Most of it is logic based in terms of you could just work it out logically and go for it. There are a couple where you kind of got to do timing based stuff. And I'm not a big fan of timing based logic puzzles. Never have been. Um, that's why I preferred Portal 1 to Portal 2, because there was less of those in Portal 1 than there was in Portal 2. Like the, emul the emulsion thing what made you go faster yeah oh some of it i was like ah oh, yeah i get it and i've got the puzzle i just can't get the timing down yes um which was a shame and it's got this has got a couple of levels a little bit like that but overall i would say eight out of ten of the levels that you do are logic based and you could just work it out and do it uh which is brilliant in terms of accessibility really good it's like considering it's all white it's not a bright white if that makes sense right it's it's like not gray either but it's just done just right that i'm able to see and it's got full color blind support and stuff like that um 
that allows you to use different symbols as the uh, colours as well. So you can work stuff out there, which is really, really good. It's Most of it is symbol-based, or you barely any menus at all. So there's not actually much reading or text to do, which is really, really good as well. Uh, yeah, it's just like a really good puzzle game for anyone who enjoys logic-based games like this. I'm not a big fan of the 3D ones, in all fairness. But this, I am really pleased with that I finally got around to play this. And I will apologise to the developers now. I was wrong first time around. It's much better than I assumed it would be. Um, yeah, cool. Although... Right, they may be, they're called Toxic Games, which I don't think in this day and age is a great name for a video game company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you've lost that. They, Ubisoft took that trademark. They really did. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, they could be called. Uh, um, yeah, no, I was just looking it up. It's apparently quick understanding of block extrusion. That's what it stands for. There you go. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that is the only thing. It was obviously somewhere. I just might buy a... My old uh, Googling skills are not very good. I just, uh, I, a cube just looked on Wikipedia. Well. Ah, there you go. There is a Cube 2 as well. Never played it, but do you know what? I think I think I might give that a go. I'm intrigued now to give this a go because I like that. You know, I'm not a big fan of puzzle games in general, but I prefer it when the puzzles are slightly easier and the action is slightly heavier. Which is why I like the Resident Evil stuff. Mm. So uh, yeah, no, I might I might well pick one of these up. So if you're gonna go for a cube, then definitely go for Cube tenth anniversary, because it's got everything plus any quality of life improvements. Yes. Um I've not played Cube two, um, and that's like twenty five quid, I think. Um so it's a bit maybe above what you'd want to test 15 quid for cube 10th anniversary is that is the price i know of that one but i believe you can also pick up like the original cube for like a little under like eight quid as well so it's up to you you know where you want to go i don't know if there's a demo around i mean again it would help if there was maybe a demo there's not a demo there's no demo but it's yeah it's good i'm enjoying it i think if you do have any interest in 3d puzzle then yeah i think this is you'll get something from this Cool. Yeah, and it's got um, ray tracing support as well, so I might, I might well pick it up and have a look how pretty it looks. Oh, I might pop that on the um, desktop PC then, because obviously yeah. I don't get ray tracing on the deck. No. Nope. Uh, because one of the things I found out, you don't even really want shadows on a Steam deck. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really matter. Just stick them on yeah. low. It yeah. really does not matter one iota. Uh, but yeah, I, might boot, I might see what this is like in all its glory on the desktop at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, no, there's that weird thing of like, of, of, you know, size of display where you can have lots of discrete and distinct areas that are, some are bright, some are not bright, you know, because of just the sheer physical size. Whereas with a small screen, you really do need to have that sharp distinction and high contrast, really, as much yeah. as possible. Otherwise, it just kind of gets blurred into one. Mm. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, but it's, you know, I, yeah, it's. I like the fact we have these options, and it's the one thing I've got to be. I, I'm finding myself caring more and more about being on, like, making sure games are on PC. Is that they're scalable? Yeah. Um, you're not limited. You're not stuck to ah. Do you know what? It's like for whatever reason we've got. Oh, we've made this for Switch, and it's not quite worked out. But ah, tough. Whereas yeah. with PC, you can play it on a potato. Essentially, a lot of games it might look like shit, but you could go. Right, I tell you what, I want this game to look shit, but I want it to play. 
Yeah. And you get that that option, which you can't get on console to a degree. And then, you know, I think that's almost going to be the next gen of console as well, is these options are there. What do you want? How do you yeah. want to play this game? How the community play in this game, etc. Indeed. Uh, by the way, do that, Valve. Can we have community game settings? That'd be nice. That'd be lovely. Uh, because I don't, you know, I don't want to spend ages working out how to get 60 frames per second on a racing game but still make it look decent because I've got the time or inkling or the vision to be able to do that whereas if someone else has done that and it's been verified I could go sweet just do that setting yeah and just away we click go. of a button and away you go yeah yeah just like you could do changing your controls nice which is scary <laughs> which is really scary do you know what's not scary to me Stu what's not scary to video me? games Stu oh my god video games we've had a better segue there we go nice um Right, it's Halloween. You've played a spooky game. I've not played any spooky games. Now, you would go, is that because you're a Frady Cat, Brad? And I'll go, no, it's not, Stu. It's because they don't scare me at all. I do not get affected by them. I do not get affected by horror films. Uh, now, uh, you, you, I'm not saying you're a scaredy cat, but do you get affected by horror? <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. I, I Less as I get older. Because there's just a jadedness that comes with all media consumption the older you get. But, um, yeah, no, I do get scared by them, yeah. See, the only horror film that's ever scared me, uh, like, properly scared me, and, again, I, I might have said this before, is because I cannot logically explain it away. I cannot explain it and go, that can't happen, is Nightmare on Elm Street, because it's in your dreams. It's the only one I could go, you know... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm like, well, I just won't go to some weird creepy house in, like, the middle of, like, Nowheresville, USA. You know, I just don't, won't do that. Um, I, 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 you know, or most American horror films like that, I'm just not going to go to those sort of places. Um, I'll, you know, not really going to go camping in the woods at my age and stuff like that. So I'm not going to have an Eden Lake happen to me or, you know, I'm very unlikely to be caught out in the Australian uh, um, outback and be caught by um, Mick, whatever his name is. Not Mick Dundee, but the uh, other psycho guy in the other film, Wolf Creek. Um, yeah, there's a, there's you know, a rule that in Australian films you have to be called Mick, even the women. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it's brilliant. It's why the original thing with the Mick was originally set in Australia. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. But, yeah, it's, you know, I, I'm not going to get in situations. I've got to sleep. Yeah. Now, video games. Never been scared by a video game. PT. I jump scares, but that's not being scared of a video game. A jump scares are no. something completely different. It's why jump scares are old hat and boring. Even in the worst, like most tedious bloody horror film guy, you do a jump scare, of course I'm going to go, oh, oh, I wasn't expecting that because you wasn't expecting it. Or even if you are expecting it, that timing might be slightly different and it gets you. That's not being scared. Uh, don't scream and then claim it's the scariest film ever. Like, do one. Um and, and stuff like that. So I, I just never be scared. And video games just don't scare me at all. I think I'm broken, Stu. Well, most definitely. But, <laughs> you know, thankfully regular people are okay, you know, okay with the being scared and can process it properly. But no, I'm only joking. Um, no, though, it's a weird thing. It's, it is a strange thing. And also, once you kind of get used to a particular game mechanic it stops being scary and yeah it's it's very very odd but i i do get kind of 
like I like the ones that are more action focused. So like I had a quick look at my top one hundred to remind myself of of the spooky ones that had managed to land on it, and very very few really. The only like proper horror games like Resident Evil and Dead Space and. Like, I absolutely love Dead Space. That's way scarier than any of the Resident Evil It's brilliant. I get it. It's a brilliant game, Dead Space. I love Dead Space. Yes, I'm a huge fan. But it's even then, you know, the the primary motivator for me is that it is a, a good action game on top of on top of everything yeah, and it does tension thing, really well that that yes I mean, tension yeah the best spooky games or horror games are ones that do tension really well yeah so fantastic but i haven't kind of i haven't really played soma or you know um, the amnesia games or any of fatal frame any of the ones that are supposed to be oh silent hill uh, i really like the i thought silent hill was uh, particularly silent hill 2 was a classic and um, Silent Hill Shattered Memories which is yes. less of a horror game more of a psychological thriller but that for me was just brilliant I, I, I was blown away by that game and, that's um, where you get these psychological yeah. thrillers they're, they're the ones that do sort of like they are brilliant uh, psychological thriller yeah. uh, because it's not trying to jump scare you it's trying to get into your head and they, they, they do it really well again not scary but a psychological thriller is not scary it's not scary it's effective in what it does um, and yeah, yeah, Silent Hill 2 and Shattered Memories both done that really well. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. I loved Silent Hill 2 and, and Shattered Memories in particular. Absolutely fantastic. And not really very excited by the remakes. And Hopefully the new game will be good, but I haven't, mm. I'm not really holding out much hope. The new one's a new team, isn't it? It's not Bloober Team, is it, the new one? Bloober Team are doing no. the Silent Hill 2 remake. Yeah, yeah. Which has me right. worried. Yes, yeah, but I'm uh, worried and not worried because I'm not going to be buying it. I'm really down on remakes. There's only the odd one. I mean, I'm not kind of like blanket saying they're all a bad idea. And I recognise that I've got a, you know, I've got a, I was going to say I've got a pig in this fight, but you don't really have pig fights very often. Not legally. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I do. Because don't even have dog fights. I, They're pretty illegal as well, Stu. Yeah, they are very illegal. You don't but have they, a UFC trade fighter in this fight. Let's let's put it that way. Let you know. Let's keep it above board here. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely don't have a UFC pig fighter in this fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that links in with a machine for pigs, the amnesia game. Nice. But uh, anyway, so I'm guessing that that's what that game is about: is UFC pig fighters. But, so, <laughs> I do have a kind of, I do have a pig in this fight because I, because I've been playing games on PC for years, I don't need remakes anywhere near as much, because mm. you just go, you get when you get a new PC, you're just like, oh, put my old game on and it'll look amazing. And it's only if it's like 20 or more years old that it starts looking a bit crap. Yeah. Um, but I understand the need for them, for people who, you know, if they were wanting to play them again, they'd have to like dig out a twenty-year-old console and it'd be running in four, you know, four ATI and looking absolute gack. Um, but that said, no, I'm kind of I'm kind of over it. I'm really annoyed that there's so many of them. But um, that said, I probably will be buying Resident Evil Eight because it's got that DLC with third-person mode, and I much prefer Resident Evil in third-person. So I'll get my money that way at least. Yeah, I've got Resi 8 or Resi Village now as well. Like I found it really, really cheap on a totally above board and legal CD keys site. Um, oh, of course. That wasn't actually CD keys this time, but it was. Uh, it's, it was one of those, and I was just like, ah, oh, I do really want to play this. Sod it. 
<laughs> I can't help myself. Um, and I, did you play it for more than five minutes when you did buy it? I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I'm saving it because I haven't finished Resident Evil 7 yet. So I'm kind of right. saving it. But at a fiver, I was like, oh, what if it doesn't go that cheap ever? Oh, go on then. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, I went for it. Uh, but I, 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 it's one of those Resident Evil 1 and 2 are brilliant. Um, they do tension. As we, said, we spoke about earlier tension because it's like the controls make it tense because you can't just do the normal things you want to do. Um, yeah. 4, 5, and 6 get progressively worse, we'll say. Like 4, I think it's brilliant, but it's more of an action game. It definitely went away from what Resident Evil was. Um, 5, I've enjoyed. I think we played a brief bit of co-op, me and you, and I did enjoy it for what it yeah. was. Um, 6, I think, gets an unnecessary rough time because if it wasn't a Resident Evil game, I think it'd be well-received. There's plenty of games where if they're not what they were in their series, would be well-received. Um, oh yes yeah. and i think resi 6 is one of those despite the pornographic giraffe image thing going on uh, still i still can't unsee that um seven <laughs> yeah. is a good game and it's like i get what it's trying to do i like the whole found footage thing going on um and, you know it's these creeper people's house and it takes you through now not scary at all because it's you know it's been done and yeah, but it's a, a good game. I think it was a really good experience that I've just not never bothered finishing. And 8 looks like it expands on that to go back towards Resi 4 mythologies, I want to say. Um, I don't know how, how, how that is or how that tracks. I believe there's some recurring themes from Resident Evil 4. Tell me if I'm wrong and I'm going completely down the wrong hole. I don't know. I haven't played it yet. Um, and we're getting a remake of Resident Evil 4. Great. All of that. Brilliant. Um, just not scary. Now, Outlast is one that everyone went, oh, it's the scary. It's so scary, Outlast. Oh, my God. I, do you know what? After five minutes, the scariest thing about Outlast was how boring and tedious it was. Um, <laughs> it just, there was just no... As outside that initial, oh, I wonder what's going to happen in here. Oh, yeah, look, it's quite creepy, isn't it? You know, I get creepy and it's everything like that. Oh, it's really creepy. Oh, look, something's jumped out at me. Oh, I bet when I go around this corner, something else. Oh, yeah, something else has jumped out at me. And Oh, wait. Oh, no, so let's go for the uh, the swerve on this one. It's not quite doing the jump scare. Oh, it's going to wait until I'm calm. And there's the jump scare. Um, I was like, yeah, this is boring. I don't care anymore. The tension's been taken away. Whereas... <laughs> And I said this at the time, with Outlast, had they just said, look, I'll tell you what, this entire game, we're not actually going to put the enemy near you at all. You're not going to see the enemy. Or we're not actually going to do a jump scare. We're just going to build that tension. Build it, build it, build it, build it. And then we're going to hit you near the end. That would have been brilliant. What it was, it ended up being boring. That's what most horror games end up being, which is a shame. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going, a, what? a take. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I've not played that game, so I can't really argue with you on it. But um, yeah, no, I think you know if you don't if you don't have that, it's like a comedy that doesn't make you laugh, isn't it? It's, it's completely pointless yeah. if it doesn't click it with you in that way. It's, so it's what I enough. felt PT done really well to point out is that at no point there's only one or two occasions where there's like something happens. Most of that game, nothing happens, and that makes it infinitely more tense than most other horror ga- fully-fledged horror games. Yeah. Now, I think PT's legacy is the fact that there wasn't a Silent Hills game, because I think had there been a Silent Hills game, I don't think PT would have held up, because I don't think Silent Hills could have carried on PT's tension into a full Silent Hills game. 
I think Kojima yeah. was saved by that whole Konami fallout. And if people want a conspiracy theory, I'll give you a conspiracy theory. Kojima wanted that fallout because he knew he couldn't make a good Silent Hills game. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, I can, I can definitely, I, I could see that the death of PT both strengthened both Death Stranding and also Resident Evil Seven. And there's loads, I, like I feel there's a load of stuff in Resi Seven, although it doesn't like aesthetically really mm. look like it. There's loads of stuff about characters jumping right in your face like phys- started, physically being in your face it started yeah. that subgenre didn't it a first person horror I would uh, PT say. definitely yeah. did yeah uh, yeah and I think that um, yeah it was capitalised on by Capcom I mean even to the yeah. point that Capcom went oh I'll tell you what we'll do a demo like PT yeah because I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you what if they'd have just released that as a 30-40 minute experience and went there you go that's Resi 7 I'd have gone sweet done yeah. That worked. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. the problem with horror games. Again, this is this is the problem why I don't get scared about them. They're so long. I mean, it's like listening to me on a podcast, yeah. Stu. It's fine <laughs> for the first few minutes, and then it's just tedious <laughs> after that. <laughs> so true. I know. Uh, but yeah, it's the problem. Is like you give me an hour long Resident Evil Seven that's like just tense for an hour. That's great. Charge fifteen yes. quid, whatever for it. You know. I will pay that. Do we try to stretch that out over 20 to 30 hours? There's, there's a reason horror films on the whole, where they try to do horror, are only 90 minutes long at best. You get your hereditaries, yeah. which are, for me isn't a horror film. It's a psychological thriller uh, with supernatural elements to it, etc., etc., etc. And that's spread out because it's got a story to tell and it works. A horror film can't do that. A horror film, to be its best, has got to be hit you and you're done. Well, I really like anthology horror where yes. there's little vignettes. Um, they tend to work really well. And yeah, I, I love them. I love those like VHS and stuff like that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. really good. The ABCs are deaf and stuff like that. True. Um, the most scariest really is the price of sweets. That's true. Where's the 10p mix, eh? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, my daughter, my daughter's actually had a lovely costume made for her by a friend's mum. Uh, Nan, sorry. Oh, that's Nan. great. Uh, which is really good. She's, what, what, is she a devil? We're, we're all about the costume. Yeah, what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, about the costume? Of, she's some kind of devil woman with the costume. Oh, with, with evil the on her mind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was really cool. Um, and I like the whole trick-or-treat thing for kids. You know, you see a lot of people going, oh, it's all American. So what? So yeah, what? I don't kids understand are why. Yeah. Kids are having fun. Yeah. I like I like the, the old Daily Mail article about razor blades in sweets and why you shouldn't get... Yeah, it's, it's, it's all part of the tradition now. <laughs> totally. No, I love Halloween. And it, it definitely... It's that thing of amplifying the horror. Like, it is definitely scarier to watch horror films at, at Halloween and go and see horror films in the cinema as well yeah. and playing video games horror video games in the dark with headphones on it's yeah. always good to I do was like, that. don't get me wrong I don't find horror games or films scary I love horror games I love horror films I love a great horror film I just think they're brilliant to watch um, but it's and I love a good jump scare I, I'm not going to lie part of Parcel we went through a little while of trying to just like scare Lucas all the time and it was brilliant because he'd <laughs> scream I think I spoke about it on an older podcast and stuff like it's brilliant yeah. jump scares are, are brilliant just, that is entertaining. Watching just, somebody in sort of psychological terror. Yeah, is, it's it is for like briefest of seconds. It's not. It's but it's not scary. It's just that that immediate. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 
but it, it's not scary. Um, okay. It, I, I challenge any game developer to make a video game that makes me cower in the corner. Once you've done that, you've got me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. It's, it's, it's brilliant there. Enjoy your spooky season. We'll be back after spooky season. Um, and I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah. Stu, I'm going to end the terror. I'm going to shut up now. Okie dokie. Enjoy Halloween out there. It's uh, coming up on Monday as we're recording. Play some scary video games, even if you don't find them scary, like my freaky co-host. And yeah, other than that, follow us on all the socials. Join our Discord channel if you fancy chatting to like-minded, spooky people. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> he's recording, right, he's, he's talking to me, but he's not recording it. So I've got to like, I just sound like I'm mad. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so yeah, Brad's a twat. So we can all, we all understand that. That's great. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, you don't have to listen to him. You're not listening to him now. You've, you're the lucky ones. So stay safe and stay sane. <laughs>